Hey, this is Rob Thomas, and I'm back with another installment in this podcast series on 12 Attributes of a Great Leader. And today the topic is going to be around engagement and influence. And this is the whole notion of how you create informal influence and do it broadly, whether it's within your organization, outside of your organization. And this is something that I've noticed is actually very difficult, certainly for for new leaders, new managers sometimes, because it doesn't necessarily come easily to them. One question that I get a lot as I'm talking to people is many will express a desire to become a manager. And they ask me about, you know, what's the right time for them to become a manager? And what I always encourage people is, to some extent, I would wait as long as possible to become a manager because the minute that you become a manager, one is you have a lot more responsibilities, but two is you kind of you sometimes quit exercising this muscle, which is around informal influence because now you have a team that works for you. You believe you can just tell them what to do and and they have to do it. And that is not the hallmark of great leaders. Great leaders are able to create informal influence and get things done whether people work for them or not. And so that's why I often stress to people, don't don't run too fast to want to be a manager just because of you know perceived power because your real success as a leader will be when you understand informal influence. I'm joined today by Jerome Selva. Jerome is a vice president in IBM and Jerome is somebody I've looked at as really a role model for this idea of informal influence. The ability to create social capital so that people follow you and and he's really excelled at that um, as I've seen him you know f- through a number of years now. So Jerome, welcome to the podcast first of all. <laughs> Thanks Robert. Great to have you here. So we'll talk a little bit about this idea of informal influence. What are some of the things that you do, you know, either consciously or unconsciously to kind of do to create that um, experience for people? And, you know, what has your experience been doing that? That's, actually, that's a, that's a great question. And one that I always deal with, um, because I'm not always sure that I'm doing the right thing. But what I know is how comfortable I am with, my, with myself. And I think if you are able to manage yourself, that's probably a plus to be able to manage others or influence others because you're natural, you're authentic, and you have an absolute clear purpose of what you want to accomplish and how you want to accomplish it. So I I would say the the first step for me is really be comfortable with your shoes, within your shoes. And um, like right now, clearly you you can sense that my English is not native English, and I have accepted to be okay with that because I believe that I will do all my best to reach out to a specific audience and this audience will be meeting me halfway. So I would start, I would really start to have a big impact on others by having a clear acceptance and understanding of who you are. 
So I think that's a good point on, you know, being comfortable in your own skin or in your own shoes. I think the the leaders that I see that are not, you often see strange or inconsistent behavior or they're overly concerned about what people may think. And I think that to some extent limits their ability to, you know, have informal influence. I think there's also, you know, I've noticed from you, there's also a set of you know, practical tools and techniques that you can use to exercise this, whether it's writing blogs so that you're communicating broadly or doing video blogs, podcasts like this one. Talk a little bit about some techniques that you used in the past, how you got started doing those, that type of thing. Okay. So um, I, I believe in transparency. So I believe that whatever you do, you should do it in a way that is either adding uh, value to you or to your immediate sphere or the sphere around that sphere, so so that you can have a ricochet impact and 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 really have a way to share going forward. And for that, you're right. There are different tools that you can use. Uh, you can use definitely writing blogs internally or externally. You can use. Tools like social media, social media like uh, LinkedIn, like uh, Twitter, and others. Um, you can use uh, creating video blogs. And I will just use an example. I believe in investing in others. And when I was in Dubai, um, I had individuals who were really scattered across so many different countries, from Eastern Europe, Russia. South Africa, Morocco, to Afghanistan, so over about 100 countries. And all those individuals were working on same type of engagement in their specific countries, but there was not a sense of community. And, and to bring a sense of community within those individuals who were working together, potentially as a team, I decided to bring on a climate board with ambassadors in those specific areas. So we were coming together on conference calls and we were sharing. And it created uh, a, a program that I have kept now, which has evolved to this country, which I call the Career Flash Plus Ask Me Anything. And this, this week, for instance, we did host a Paris Flash uh, Ask Me Anything event. Uh, the blog has been viewed by over 2,000 people uh, within less than a week, and we had over 300 people on that event who are coming together because they want to learn from one another. So you can definitely use a lot of of tools as long as, again, you, you put your level of um, candid, authentic, very simple, down-to-the-ground approach so that you are relatable to others. I, th- I think that's one key point. Um, if you want to have followers, you need to be able to connect with them. I think part of that is also being willing to get outside of your current scope. I mean, regardless of, of any job that you're in as a leader, you're going to have a defined scope. You'll probably have a team that works for you. You have a discrete and distinct mission in a company but you know, even with the example that you just gave, you're talking about doing something that's outside of the direct scope of responsibility. And I've noticed that as a pattern 
that I see a lot of great leaders who are, you know, really bought into this idea of informal influence. I see them doing that, doing things outside of their direct scope, which is helping advance the company or helping advance the mission. Do you proactively look for opportunities like that? Um, that's a good question again. Um, I don't know if I proactively look for those opportunities or just because I love change, I can't be stuck into a routine type engagement. Um, those opportunities tend to be popping up and I jump on them as I identify them. Um, but if I take, if I take my current role, uh, and not to describe it, but that mission I have to drive is a mission that could have an impact across the enterprise. While I did not have all the talent and skills to go and tackle this mission, before you know it, we were able to raise self-directed teams that wanted to join this, um, this mission in order to go and change the way we work here in our company. And, and, and I think this is... Uh, um, how would you say that? It, this is an, an impact directly or um, a, a reflection, that's what I'm looking for. This is a reflection of the ability to touch others who then believe in what you're trying to accomplish. What is the bigger goal? What is the bigger purpose that you have that then they can associate themselves with and want to be a part of? So it goes back to, again, um, this ability to touch others very, very deeply. Let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. You haven't used that phrase yet, but I, I kind of hear the essence of that a bit in what you were saying. I know it's something that you're really passionate about. First, define emotional intelligence and what that means to you. So emotional intelligence to me is, is really that complementary element that will attach to your uh, intelligent quotient, your, uh, your intelligence, that will attach also to your experience. And this emotional intelligence is really this ability to, to monitor your own feelings, your own emotions, along with others' feelings and emotions. This is this self-awareness as well as this social competency. And, and that really helps you discriminate um, among those emotions and feelings, yours and theirs, what is coming up and have the ability to manage yourself, manage yourself or theirs in order to drive to one specific target. So it's really the ability to combine this self-awareness, this social awareness into driving to, towards the purpose. That, that in, in, a, in a nutshell, that's how I would describe it. But I can go deeper if you want. What can somebody do to practice that? Or if they want to develop that skill or ability, what, what can somebody do in order to do that? So we can recommend a few, a few um, books and a few uh, uh, techniques, but perhaps in a very simple way, if we want to describe this into two hemispheres, you would have the first one that would be the self-dimension. And, and in that part, you have the self-awareness, which is 
the, the knowledge of, of who you are, the knowledge of how your feelings evolve, your preferences, your values. So really the self-awareness, your knowledge of who you are. But then the self-confidence, your attitude, how do you behave when you are under pressure, when you are extremely happy, how do you behave? And, and that's the appreciation of your attitude and realizing what your attitude is and always being checked with that. And that leads us to the next element in that first hemisphere of self-dimension, which is your behavior, your self-control. So how do you deal with all those elements and yet be able to reproject the right level of engagement, emotions in a given moment, irrespective of what is the situation? Will you be able to keep it light under high pressure or will you be succumbing under this pressure? But that alone will not do you service. It will only help you understand who you are. But then you need to have this ability to understand others. And that this, this is the second hemisphere, this social dimension. And if you take those three attributes again, knowledge, attitude, and behavior, then this time is in the knowledge, do you have this level of empathy? Can you put yourself in the shoes of the other? Can you project yourself so that you understand where they are coming from and what would make them tick so that they would come along with you, whether you know, they are in the, from a different generation, from a different culture, from a different you know, religion, whatever it is. Are you able to have this level of empathy? Then on the attitude, I would say, how can you motivate them? What are you going to take? What type of initiative you're going to take in order to motivate them in a positive way? Can you find the right level of inspiring engagement worlds to drive them toward this mission you have in mind? And, and the last one on the behavior, the social, competency, the social competency, how do you engage? What is the right time to engage? What is the common ground that exists between those different individuals and you so that you can move toward one similar um, trajectory. And when you have those two atmospheres, really, uh, you don't need to master them at once. The beauty of emotional intelligence is something that you can grow as long as you invest in it. It is not bonded like your IQ uh, or your experience, which is bonded by time or whatever. So as long as you invest, you can really grow your emotional intelligence. You know, part of the emotional intelligence idea is really knowing or and being able to sense what your team needs. And there's a, a phrase I've heard before that, that's always resonated with me that says, great leaders are relaxed when the team is stressed, um, but they're stressed when the team is relaxed. And it's kind of like having the, the knowledge to understand what is the emotion that the team needs to get to the next milestone. And sometimes the team needs a break. And sometimes the team needs to be pushed. So I think that's certainly part of it. Look, Jerome, this has been a great discussion. Anything that you would like to share in closing? No, the, the only thing perhaps is... Um, so I had the privilege to, to be a guest speaker at Boston University for their commencement for their executive MBA. And, and the three messages I really left those talented graduates and that audience is if you want to be a successful leader, 
I firmly believe that you first need to understand yourself, you need to understand others, and you have to have a clear purpose. And, and with those three elements, irrespective of this ever-present change environment we are navigating in, you know, you will be able to succeed together with others. Thanks for inviting me, Rob. All right, Jerome. Hey, great discussion. I think this is a good topic for everybody to to think about and and study a bit more, whether it's the idea of informal influence generally or even the more specific one around emotional intelligence. So thanks again, Jerome. Thanks, Jerome. Bye.